Welcome to the QI chat room. I'm your host, Kelly Bond. This podcast is brought to you by Redwood Community Health Coalition, or RCHC for short. We're a network of community health centers and a wellness education site throughout Marin, Napa, Sonoma, and Yolo counties. We formed in 1994 with a mission of improving access to and the quality of care provided for underserved and uninsured people. This podcast is all about quality improvement, or QI, in healthcare. We'll bring you speakers from our member health centers, outside health centers, county and federal agencies, healthcare plans, and more. Those speakers will discuss promising practices they've identified at health centers, the latest data on specific health topics, and engage in conversation with our live audience. We've been hosting these chat rooms since late 2018 and transitioned to the podcast format in the fall of 2019 to reach a greater range of listeners. We hope you'll join us as we share the latest in quality improvement with you. This episode features Michael Edwards, the Director of Quality and Training at the Community Health Center Association of Mississippi. He will talk about colorectal cancer screening best practices and what his health centers have done to improve their screening rates. Good morning, everyone. Um, just to kind of give a brief background, um, we had had this discussion before, and what we found with some of our colorectal screenings is, just as we were just saying, was a lot of times what you think is going on or what is kind of, oh, well, of course they're doing that procedure or they're doing those type of things, sometimes it's not actually happening. It's kind of what we think in our minds, oh, well, of course that's the way things are done. Um, to give the background on that, there was um, the way the system, the EMR system that Mississippi had for the network at one time years ago, all of them had the same EMR. Um, they have now switched. But one of the things that we found was a problem was the way the orders were set up, whether it be for the hemocult times three cars, uh, IFOBT, different things like that. Trying to track those <clears throat> became an issue because you have to make sure that they were resulted. And again, this is something that, oh, well, of course you have to look at it that way. One thing that some of the health centers were doing was just had one order in their system, so it became a hassle. Is this resulted? Is it not? Because they go by CPT code or not. So a lot of them then decided to start splitting that. And what we did, just as an example for one of the health centers, who actually got their percentage up to almost 70%, uh, they were at 68, uh, almost 69, and what they did was they just split the order. They actually changed also from hemocult to IFOVT, but they split the order into this. The providers ordered IFOVT given as the name of the order, and then the lab tech could then track that as a manifest of saying, okay, what patients do I need to call that I have not got resulted? So once the results come back in, of course, the order was named IFOVT resulted. The results were put in, and that was the order that we tracked to say, yes, this is how many during the year we have results for, because that was our way of without having to dig into charts and doing that extra step. Um, and then to more on that is also thinking about, well, what is the turnaround? How quick are patients being told, as a reminder, do you have these? Um, cards sent back in. So just to give you a brief overview of how things are now, um, 
And what we found was this health center actually came to our quality improvement meeting at the PCA and did a presentation about this. And a lot of the health centers surprisingly looked around and said, oh, I don't know what our return days are. I don't know how quickly we turn around and have communication with the patient about getting the cards back in. So uh, the way it's set up now is when the lab tech or nurse is giving the IFOBT card for take home, they're reminding the patient that they need to get it turned in within seven days. Okay. Um, also, these nurses are also calling patients to give them their lab results that they may have had that day. Uh, if they have abnormals, they always call. And if they see on the order that they were given the cards and it hasn't been resulted, they do a quick reminder at that time, as well as telling them their other lab results if they still have not returned the card. If they have normal lab results, a letter is always sent to the patient to say, you know, your results came back normal, and they will, the lab tech will add a note to that letter saying, also, this is a reminder that we need your card to return back to the clinic for resulting. If those cards have not been returned in 14 days, a letter is then sent by the lab tech to remind them once again about their card and it needs to be returned. And the provider is also notified that, hey, you wanted this IFOBT resulted. It's been 14 days. We still haven't got any results back. The lab tech keeps a list still with the manifest looking to see has the card been returned for another 14 days. So it's a 28-day span. You have seven days to begin with, and then 14, and then another 14. So a total of 28. Um, if after that additional 14 days on the 28th day, the original order gets marked in their system as refused. The provider is then notified. But if by chance, right after, because that has happened, they marked it refused and then the result card has come in and they get to result it. So they will update it. Also in this system, they have a process that's called health maintenance. And I may have mentioned that earlier. And we made sure that the resulted order within the health maintenance so that it would flag for every year. And the lab tech will go and update that to say, okay, it resulted today, and then in a year's time, we need to do another one from there. Um, and also make any notations if there is a colonoscopy or things such as, such as that uh, into the chart. But that's just the way that system happens to be set up so that that's how that's set. And like a was saying earlier, a lot of these things sound like, oh, well, of course you would call the patient back. Oh, you would do this and do, you know, send a letter and do all these follow-ups. Again, the surprise to me was a lot of health centers actually said, you know, they didn't know what their return. They were going to have to check with their lab techs, see what was the return. They didn't know if it was 30 days, 45 days, those types of things. And they didn't know how they were tracking it. Were they tracking it as a manifest? of, oh, these are open lab orders, we need to get those taken care of uh, in situations such as that. Michael, um, how are the labs getting into the various EHRs that your health centers are using? And could you speak at all about, um, in particular, ECW or NextGen? Um, I know a few of your health centers are on those. If there are any tips uh, related to those EHRs specifically and how um, health center staff are, are using Technology. Yeah, the main thing was the um, the change up of, as I said, two orders, one being 
given or however you want to name it, just as a way of tracking it internally, the patient was given this card and then having another order that said resulted so that they could have the two separate and not have to dig through charts and find out was there or run a report that was a result report. And I know there are some that are on ECW and this just that comment I just made talking about, well, here's something we've done at other health centers. I know for a fact to the have ECW, they immediately switched their process to that. And they said it was so beneficial to them because there was no longer that, oh, I need to run a report. I have to dig through and see what was resulted, what was not, what, you know, they were a lot easier for them to track patients who had not returned their cards. Eye-to-eye uh, was, uh, eye was utilized a lot by all the health centers. They are, we are now in the progression with the network to switch over to Azara Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of that was getting even how the setup was in eye-to-eye, how it was now set up for Azara and doing the uh, mapping and data validations and things like that. So as long as the process is in place before a switch, um, the thing with eye-to-eye, you could use it by CPT codes. You could also, um, they have what's called a custom data integrator to where it looks at, okay, there is a resulted order, and that's what we're looking for. Just in case, by chance, a CPT code got missed, something you have a comparison. Um, I myself am all about validation and making sure, can I trust these numbers? So it was a way of capturing that where I could do a comparison. Okay, well, you're picking up every resulted order name, but do I have that many CPT codes as well just to match up and and make sure that the numbers are matching from there? So, um, and we usually do that. We also run with this health center, we run it um, monthly. UDS reports and just looking at it and trying to see where the care care gaps are. Is it something that we don't have either colonoscopy reports back yet, or is it actually the IFOBT? You know, is is that what's missing? And trying to see out of those care gaps, which which is it? You know, that's there. Um, I don't know how many of yours. I can't remember if any were using eye to eye. So yeah, we were on eye to eye. We've been on. It's called Relevant. Uh, We've been using that um, for the past about a year, give or take. Yeah, so so similar. Okay. Yeah, and what they're utilizing that is it has um, a feature that has like an alert. So when they do their huddles, it says, oh, colonoscopy is due or IFOBT is due. Um, And you can set that as the range of, you know, the age range by UDS standards, and you also set it. Uh, if you want it within however many years or a month, or you know, you can set your time frame for that, um, and that worked out good for the for their huddles that they could pull because it was a flag that literally sat right there in front of them, saying there's a section that says alert, and it sat right there in front of them. We also have it set in a column, and it shows them the last date that any of that information was was there. And as far as the colonoscopy, I will kind of go back to that. It's a little colorectal screening because that's the two measure two things you can get um there is a code the code is 3017f colonoscopy report reviewed and received so that you can use that code to track with if you were going by just cpt codes so what they this particular health center use utilized it for is when the nurse got the colonoscopy report in and went to scan it in we had a procedure order it said colonoscopy received, historical, 
and it had that CPT code attached to it, and they sent it over into the PM system so that ITI could pick it up. Um, and also, we could run that order for colonoscopy procedure historical. We could run that for you know in the last year to 10 years in that time span, and be able to look for oh, okay, do we have reports this season? Now we were just looking at that report, and you know through the years there may be patients that came years ago, but they haven't been till just recently, and we get to looking and. It's a whole adage of, okay, you train everybody to do it the same way, but is it done the same way? And we found actually by digging through those care gaps, just to make sure, we found several more patients who had colonoscopy reports scanned in, but at that time the nurse didn't do the order with the CPT, but the report was there. Yes, it was time consuming here at the end, but now that we know that, we can get those updated in, into the system, and therefore the next time the report runs, we won't have to look those up. Yeah, Hi, Michael. Um, this is Stephen from Alexander Valley, and I want to appreciate you just taking the time to talk with us today. It sounds like from what I can hear that a lot of your focus has been on uh, data collection, data entry, data validation, um, and I'm wondering, Beyond that, when you've had troubles getting the test back, how have you addressed that directly with patients in terms of uh, attempting to change patient behavior and get those tests back more, either more quickly or more successfully? One of the things they do is, like I said, they do notify the provider each time if there's been that you know lag of not getting it. The other thing is they have a patient summary screen that shows those orders by the given so they can easily look at that and see, oh, I've given you this almost every visit. You're not, and it's that's their way of speaking to the patient, going, okay, what's going on? It creates that dialogue by being able to see that from their previous visits. Oh, we've been trying to get you to to do that. Also, that health maintenance screen I was talking about, um, because it does not used to. That was a problem. It would update, thinking that it was done by giving that first order, but it, we hadn't got results back yet. So now it has a past due date on it, and part of the way that their system is now, it actually shows it in the color of red on their screen if it is past due, so it's a visual flag of, oh, I need to talk to this patient about that. So they try to utilize that as a way of, um, even with their huddle saying, hey, we have this, and it's if there were a re what I would call a repeat patient to that provider. It's a way of creating that dialogue. Okay, what's going on? What's the reason here? Sometimes even the nurses have been very good. I've seen this myself of putting notes in of, you know, try to contact patient or even the patient saying, I don't want to do that, you know, or patient completely refuses and things, and then they'll even try to give them educational material about it. Um, they now have a case manager who works at that clinic who tries to help out as well um, on all avenues, whether it be colorectal, trying to get A1Cs and things like that. Uh, I'm just trying to stress that importance of what what this could do for the patient in the long run. Thanks. So if, if I can summarize a little bit, as I understand it, it sounds like it's a combination of uh, your nurses doing some patient education, um, but mostly it sounds like it's the providers having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the patient during a visit. Is that right? Correct, yeah, and trying to get that dialogue of trying to stress the importance. Um, 
you know, and trying to also find out what what is the reason. You know, we keep giving you these cards and trying to you know, and trying to get that point across of there's a reason we're giving you these cards. You know, we're not giving you these cards just as something to take home. There's a reason we need this. So. A big thank you to today's presenter, participants, and our listeners. I'm your host, Kelly Bond, and we'll see you next time in the QI chat room. Thank you.